where to begin? Ah, yes. Concerning Dungeons and Dragons game. DM Beats Podcast. I'm your host Jake Lionheart and on today's episode my guest is Songs Machina, an amazing singer, songwriter, composer, actor, storyteller, and wonderful magical being. But before that, let's take care of some quick housekeeping. If you want to help support the show, head over to Patreon and that's uh, patreon.com forward slash Jake Lionheart or you can donate at ko-fi.com at ko-fi.com forward slash Jake Lionheart. Anything helps us with internet booth rent and keeps the show going. Um, with that out of the way, thanks for listening. And now let's jump into the podcast. Well, with that, this is the podcast. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah, I always like just start recording and then be like, we've been recording this whole time. Gotcha. Um, ah. Yeah, but thank you for being on the podcast. Um, thank you for having me. This is fun. Like, we've DM'd and talked on Twitter, but this is, hey, it feels... First time we're properly... Yeah, this it's... is fun. So, um, I got I got to start off with um, the question that everybody's dying to know. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I, I want to just... Hold on a second. Build the anticipation up. Okay, build it up. Build it up. All right. And Drum then... Roll. Musicians, we should be able to do this. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. That's, I think that's enough intensity. Okay. Everybody's like... <laughs> they're like, did the podcast just go out? But, um... Okay. So... Do you like not better? Or do you like Veth better? Is the real question. The whole internet wants to know. Ooh... I like, I think, I think Beth, just because, I mean, as a trans person, I'm like, I read into not Beth's story and I'm like, wow, relatable, very relatable being stuck in the wrong body. Um, so I just, I like to see someone who's happy in their body. Someone who's like, they've got, got a family, like sorting out their problems. We like, a bit sassy as well. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's like, wait, what? We're talking about Critical Role? Yes, we're always talking about Critical Role on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's an undercover (laughs) Critical Role podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. We draw you in with the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like hit you with the Critical Role. Ha ha. We're all going to get you guys to become Critical Role fans. But no, the real question (laughs) is, when did you first get into music? Okay, I got into music, I mean, when I was probably like five like I started doing so I come from a musical theater background Mm. I trained in musical theater I did like the Sunday school kind of thing where you get like sent with to a big group my older sister did it so I therefore wanted to do it Mm -hmm. um and I was hooked I was it was like an instant I was in that I would listen to musical theater whenever I could um I would sing along to things like x factor on tv and stuff (laughs) like that but the time i probably like started going well actually this is what i want to do as like a career Mm. um was i was in a production of annie um where i was annie and i was suddenly like no i want to do theater and music forever this is it this is this is fun this is fun even when the things were going wrong um and then i ended up getting into because i lived up in uh, the north i lived up in the north of england Mm. um back when I was wee um, <laughs> and then I moved to London when I was 16 because I got into this like uh, prestigious um, music school um, called Brit School and ended up going there and studying musical theatre for three years and it was there that I fully kind of got into composing because they had like a composing section of the course and I was like mm. wow I, I really like this and then I just was like well I'm in London let's go see all the new musical theatre things going on so I ended up yeah. getting on to a course when I was 18 writing um, called Book, Music and Lyrics, which was um, a musical theatre writing course. So I do that every week, um, which is crazy. You have um, like 20 people you don't know in a room and it's like, cool, you're going to collaborate with 10 of these people. You're going to have three weeks to write a song each time around. Wow. Um, have fun. It's like a masterclass in um, yeah. collaboration. 
But um, yeah, after that, I just I've been writing musical theatre since, and then I've always kind of like other kinds of music, but it's always been musical theatre that's still in my heart. Oh, that's awesome! I I can just like have a Loki moment of like jumping off on all these like uh, um, uh, different routes that have came out of that. Because um, <laughs> it's it's interesting because it's it's well, musical theatre is it's it's such like i i want to say like a treasure trove of like music because it's the music and then also it could be the choreography the acting right mm. um yeah completely and it's all different genres as well people right i think some people forget that it's not just like hamilton. a lot of mainstream musical theater has the same vibe yeah exactly hamilton yeah. I am really, really into obscure musical theater, oh, gotcha. which, like most people will never have heard of. So, like, I'm into like things like um, In the Green, which is like a really choral loop pedal based musical with oh. like three instruments. It's insanely good, um, and things like that. Things that like are kind of genre breaking. But the main thing I love about it is, I think, the storytelling element of it. I mm. think songs can tell stories better than anything else. Um, of course I'd say that because I'm into musical theatre but <laughs> I just think you can tell such a vivid story and you can tap into the emotions a lot easier than you can through just plain text because the heightened emotions of it just mm. give you the music and the heightened la language and emotions just kind of open it all up and make yeah. it more accessible in that way yeah I, I think I'm definitely lacking in the different ones I need to see or hear like, um, I can't, I think I was like, maybe like almost 20 before I actually saw first musical, like an actual, mm -hmm. like in a theater, in the seat. And then of course, like, it was like somebody had gifted my wife tickets to like Wicked. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh, like the Wizard what? of Oz. Cool. Let's go watch the Wizard of Oz. And I was like, this is not the Wizard of Oz. This is really cool. This um, will make you cry. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't, what? I didn't know this was what it was like. And then I think this kind of, I kind of teased about it on Twitter, but like I kind of do have beef with like Hamilton because it feels like a lot of people are like, Hamilton, yo, Hamilton is so great. And it is good. Like I will never blaspheme the name of Lynn Miranda, but, but at the same time, like you said, like there's so much better or not so much better. Let me rephrase that. Sorry. Don't come for me. Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> um, there's other uh, like you said, other genres and stuff like that, and um, yeah, it just it's pretty pretty incredible. And um, um, I'm gonna edit this part out, <laughs> but <laughs> nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. <laughs> How would they know? How would they know? I can't. I just I can't. Oh my god! Okay, uh, uh, maybe I'll try to find a fun way to edit that out so it's like wah 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 like Charlie Brown, and then nobody knows we're doing. We're telling secrets. Um. So. Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go. go oh, okay. Go, well, because I was going to transition to another question. So if you had any. Go for it. Okay. So. No, <laughs> so, uh, in the same way, what got you into music? What got you into Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, okay. I think I think it was like 2016, 15, um, when podcasts were kind of first blowing up, or at least mm. they felt like they were blowing up. Mm -hmm. And I was just like looking through um, like Apple Podcasts or whatever. And the top recommendation for that day was a podcast called D&D is for Nerds, which is an Australian-based podcast. Um, would highly recommend. It's very funny, very good. Um, if you're going to start with anyone, do at Jaren's Outpost and Jaren's <laughs> Outpost Rumble. I think are the two my two favorite ones. Um, I just fell in love like listening to these people who are brand new to D and D as well. Um, oh. So I kind of could listen along and kind of slowly pick it up with them. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I ended up going on. They had a Reddit and. Um, there was someone who was looking for a game and I was like, hey, I know that you're in New Zealand and I'm in the UK, but we can do something over Skype, right? Um, and we've been playing together since um, pretty much the same group for about five years. Um, it's, they're the best. They're, my, my little D&D &D family is the best. What hey. did I say? 
That's awesome. Which brings me to uh, pre-recording. We were talking about your game. Um, yeah. That's I'm I'm geeking out now because now I know what you you've informed me before the listeners could hear. But yeah, you've got a game that's been going on for five years. Yeah. So or, we've uh, it's been several campaigns. So we've had we did Minds of Fandelva, then which was like a year, and then we did a three-year campaign of we did Princes of the Apocalypse, uh, which my DM switched up and made it the greatest campaign ever by adding like a few mechanical changes. And nice. also we brought in a whole army. It was, it was a lot. It was <laughs> genuinely, it was one of the emotion, most emotional experiences I've ever had. Um, and having to say goodbye to those characters was really, really Oof. hard. Um, yeah, I bet. And then we've just started, I've just started DMing for that group because I've, been a player for them and i was like you've been the forever dm i've got a world i've got a campaign take a break <laughs> yeah take a seat. that's awesome oh man and then you know what i forgot to touch bases with you before but you had a, a video series right about yeah i did yeah. i made uh the school um and i think people on the our discord server mm-hmm. that we're all a part of will have seen this but um i made a 20 minute interactive video about playing that campaign for three years and my previous character from the other campaign. Cause I wanted a way to say goodbye. And it was like, it was also like for a school piece. So it was yeah. like, sparkly. it was like filling out that criteria, but it was, inc- it was, uh, I was, we literally finished the game the week after I submitted that video. So it was like really, it was really emotionally cathartic. And it was, uh. Like I wrote music for it. I animated it. Mm-hmm. I edited the whole video. It was insane. Yeah. It, very very good i i think that was maybe one of the first um things that i saw that you made i mean other than a couple of songs i know at the time mm-hmm. i had definitely not like even said hi to you yet on the internet <laughs> and it was it was great i enjoyed it i love that it's like click on this one and click on that one and then your character's like <laughs> and like humming at like the campfire That's it was so great it was so great i don't know is is that available for the public or I can post out a little sneaky link for okay. it, yeah, under, I'll post it, we'll put it in the description or something. <laughs> okay, cool. That's all good. If- you can, yeah, you can only find the link if you listen to the podcast. Exactly. Or if you go but follow yeah, that, songs. That, <laughs> that campaign, that I, I used a lot of, like, I know I've listened to the podcast previously, and I know that you talk about how D&D and music intersect, and that was probably the first campaign that I was like, oh, D&D and music can intersect completely, because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think partway through that campaign, I started watching Critical Role for the first time, mm. and I loved their character playlist that they all made. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones where it's like, oh, you can not just read about you, the. It was the fact that they chosen really particular songs and written little descriptions about them. Mm-hmm. And I and I loved that because I I'm autistic and I'm like I love music so. I love storytelling through music, so I ended up doing that for my character, except I kind of took it to the extreme because my playlist was six hours long, and I think it was a 30-page document. Oh, wow. Just telling my character story from start to finish. That's, um, that's awesome, though, because that's that's what, what made me want to do this podcast, is that I have that, where it's either I make my character, and then all of a sudden I'm on Spotify, and it's just like song after mm. song after song. Or um, I hear a song and I'm like, that's a character. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, and then all of a sudden there's another like 30 minute, two hour long um, thing yeah, where like exactly. every every song in some way or form or another, like right now the character I have, um, it, it not that it's frustrating, but it's like, oh, I wish I could like move something so that way it's like oh this song is about a male but i'm like well my character is not a male and or this song is about like romantic love but i'm like i don't want it to be romantic love but the there words are so few songs about friendship friendship yeah i can i can attest to this yeah having like looked because i also my my character was a mother and i was like looking endlessly for songs about mothers and daughters it's like there yeah. are hardly i know yeah. there need to be more written and then, the, well, I, oh. I hate to be mean, but like some of them aren't as cool as you want them to be. You're like, oh, this would be if it had like, you know, like let's throw some 808s or some some kind of like distortion <laughs> guitar on it or something. Yeah, there is a song I was listening to the other day, and I'm like, oh, this is the song I found it. And then it's like, but I love you. No, don't talk about love. <laughs> you was you're doing oh. so good. I thought it was a friendship song, and then you're like. 
Uh, but yeah. I can say that a lot of musical theatre has good songs for that, though, because obviously all the songs are made for storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, like, half of my playlists are always, like, friendship songs, and the other ones are, like, generic pop songs where I'm like, I can swing this, my character. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's my thing now. I'm just like, mm. we didn't hear them talking about that part in the bridge. We just heard the verse, and mm-hmm. yeah. Or I'll, I'll when I'm writing it down, I'll be like, these very specific lyrics are what I care about, nothing else. Right, yeah. Um, um but yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome. And then so, um, let me see. Trans- transitioning to uh, back to music. Um, yes. Do you remember either mm-hmm. writing, performing, or um, or or both your first song that was like yours? Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> this is really embarrassing. I have, um, so my family, I think, ended up getting me because they realized quite early on that I wanted to write music. They got me like this exact same microphone that I still have when I was like 14. And I have a recording of the first song I ever wrote at 14. And it is terrible. My family <laughs> make fun of me for it no! because it was like I was singing out of key. Oh! I was like, it was just one like do, do, do. It was so embarrassing, but I find it so funny to be able to go. This is where I started. Anyone, mm. if I can do this and now write what I'm writing now, like I failed, I failed my grade two piano. I am, <gasps> I am, I should not be a composer, but I am. <laughs> You're like, I will defy you, teacher, and <laughs> I will defy all the odds. Yeah, and be here. Can't stop me, piano. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. That's awesome, though, <laughs> that you have it. I think a lot of people don't don't have their um, like, like record. Like I was talking to Spencer and um. His was his was interesting because it's like, um, well, I don't want to ruin for anybody who hasn't heard that that episode, but um, yeah, his was very interesting. And then like even like Chase, like I think Chase, like he said on his podcast, like I have the recordings, but no one's ever going to hear it. So mm. will you release? No, my- this- <laughs> I mean, all my family and friends have heard it because I find it so funny. But like, <laughs> you can play a little bit clip now. I, oh, I'll just put in the best bit because. Okay. It's just so bad, but I I like it because it, like I said, it's very much it says you can be a terrible like composer at the beginning, but it's all about learning the steps and like catch it. Just that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. If you send it to me, I'm literally going to put it in right here in the middle of the podcast. And the news today. What's happening? That's yeah. <laughs> very awesome. Um, okay, so my next question though is: so you remember your first song? You have it recorded. Do you remember your first D and D character? Yes, a hundred percent. Which uh, pretty recent? Well, not recent. Yeah, pretty recent, I guess. Right, five years ago. Or did you have a character yeah. before that campaign? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think I very much wrote this. Uh, she was called Belinda Sophia. I've s- since renamed her to uh, Briny Sophia. Um, if I'm going to ever like bring her back in like my own world that I'm creating, mm. but um, she was an assassin princess. She was a a rogue um, who had basically her kingdom had fallen, mm. and she was like her whole family had died. It was very dark, and she was kind of a bit crazy. Oh. Um, but I kind of loved her because she was just be like she was in complete denial about all death. But she was like the kindest person ever. She would be like this this wolf hasn't died. He's just <laughs> sleeping, and she was like oh, no. I know she was very into random acts of kindness and things like that um but she was very much my response to having read like a lot of fantasy Mm. like uh Sarah J Mass and stuff growing up where it was always like feminine assassin rogue princesses but I was I was kind of sad that none of them were gay so I was like this princess is gonna be gay she's gonna be fine (laughs) and like totally love life nice Um, yeah she then also multi-classed into a barbarian at because she would go into like she would I would always describe her as being like in a rage in a battle and I'd be like, Well, let's just let's just have the mechanical. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> let's actually have rage. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the fun things about D and D is being able to make the characters that you don't see or the characters mm-hmm. that you wish you could see. Um Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like it's 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 um 
I don't know. I think that's the beauty of it. Like, and then you get to pour a little bit of yourself into that character, which makes it even so much more personal. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's one of the fun things about being a DM is like, this is the movie that all of these <laughs> companies should have been making, but they're not. So let me, like, you know, the Thanos, like, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and then you go and DM. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I completely agree about the every every character I make. I kind of say, okay, what what question do I want to explore? Because I'm an actor. I, I trained as an actor. I'm like, what question is this character going to explore? So for like for um, Belinda, it was very much what is you know what does a queer princess look like? Uh, my my character that I played for three years was a mother who was dealing with uh, we lost one of her daughters right at the beginning of the campaign, and it was very much how do I deal with being a mother and a badass and like and also like grief. It was a I I was not expecting that when I made that character, but um, so I very much wanted to explore the question of motherhood because I was like, oh, do I want to be a mom? Is that the word I want to use? And it is. I've since learned, but um, mm-hmm. and doing a campaign like writing a campaign is just doing that big scale. And you get to add a lot more characters in. Yeah. So I know there's definitely characters that I have that are like NPCs, one of whom's like autistic, and I'm like, cool, an autistic character. I don't, you don't get to see that in fantasy and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, or a trans character or things like that. So yeah. Yeah, that's I think. very cool. Um, yeah. I was gonna ask, since this is actually isn't on the thing, this is like one of those like, yes, mm-hmm. I have this moment to like pick your brain as an actor. And now mm-hmm. DM. Um, I guess I want to do like maybe two questions. Um, one, like, what is it like? Because it has to be like a spark of joy <laughs> of like being able to make these mm-hmm. NPCs. And then honestly, just for one, go into the things that you're like, I am, I am, like you said, I'm trained. I know what I'm doing. I'm coming here, <laughs> guns blazing, flexing my muscles, and jump into these NPC characters. But then also, um, probably even challenging yourself as an actor to be playing, okay, and now I'm going to be playing this character that I probably would never audition for, or, you know what I mean? Mm. Stuff like that. So um, I guess the first part is like, is there like a way that you can describe that spark or that like that excitement that brings you to like being a DM and wanting to... Explore NPCs. I think for me, because I, because I like have not done as much acting as I wish I had. Like in terms of like, I've now kind of transitioned more of it to composer, even though I still do acting. It's kind of a way. Like D and D is the grating acting exercise of all time. And like some actors I talk to about D and D are like, I could never do that. I could never commit to like a character or like characters for like three years and like get to know them and then just give them up. Um, but I do think there is definitely like a a spark of joy and going well here is a here is a blank slate of a person i get to ascribe all of these details to and then just become them and they're the sort of things that can reoccur especially like npcs and things like that um there are a lot of like npcs in my world where i'm like i can't wait for you to come back because i love you i love playing you so much but i think it always starts weirdly it always starts with like music or i will i will think of a i will hear a song and go well that uh, that could be a D character that song that's that's interesting yeah they're, they're, i definitely have npc playlists for major ones um and then for like um ones that i have to make up on the fly they very much always start with an accent i'm like yeah sure i'll just lean into this because people like that <laughs> yeah everybody loves a good accent um have I'm not sure how long you've been DMing, but have you already had the like surprise, like, who's this person? I want to go talk to them. And you're like, oh, no, like, they don't even have a name right now. Um, definitely, because um, the first part of the campaign that I run is very much open world. There's like, there's like some things on the notice board, but you can go do whatever you want. So they're always like wandering off. Um, I remember the one time when I was running a group through this kind of open world section, they were brand new players and didn't know what to do. And they were just like, so we go, there's a beach. We go have fish and chips, right? That's what we do. And I was like, yep, sure. Let me just pull out this whole like fish and chip session where you get to meet some new people. Sure. Go for it. Yeah. I, lo- awesome. I love that. Yeah. And you had to like make up a menu on the spot and stuff too. Or <laughs> I have since, I have since made up, like I have like preset, um, menu items or preset drinks because i don't i don't drink myself so oh like, yeah when everyone and everyone's like 
what are they drinking? I'm like, what's on the menu? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is very awesome. Yeah, I, I played a game last week where one of our uh yeah, one of our players didn't drink and they were like, uh, you're you're at the tavern, what do you want? And he's like, uh and he Googled like a drink name generator or something like that and just <laughs> randomly said something. And we're like, That's a drink? And he's like, No, I don't know. I just Googled it. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that. Oh man, that's so much fun. Um I'm very excited for your players because I'm pretty sure this is just like 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 that just a awesome journey that you get to go on and just have fun as an actor, especially since you say like you're more composing now. Um mm-hmm. which is uh let's let's talk about uh some more music. Uh since we were yeah. talking about <laughs> a great way to jump back into the flawless. composing. Flawless psychoid. Yeah, obviously I'm like scrambling where's my i lost my place on my questions i'm like oh no um so okay here we go i found it i found it um well we've already kind of um touched on it but maybe if you want to like there's more that you you want to bring out or um expand upon expand upon english is hard we should do this in spanish difficult I'm like, I only know one language, and I'm dyslexic, and I'm just like, this is hard. Yeah. Can we just not language? Yeah. No. And then I have, like, you know what's weird about doing these podcasts? Is that, like, it's mm-hmm. that weird, like, we're familiar with one another, but then it's also, like, we're actually meeting for the first time. And then you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be, like, I want to be cool, but I don't know if I'm going to be cool because I'm so silly. And so, like, the last thing I want is, like, songs to walk away and be like, that guy is so goofy. Like, what? What? How is he doing a podcast? You don't people? know. Yeah, thing but, you don't know is under the table. I've got my favorite. Oh, like, that's, I, I need so that. Hard. I need to get one of those because yeah, I'm like even with like like with Chase. I'm like I I know you, Chase. Like, and I'm like, why am I nervous doing podcast <laughs> where I talk to you like for an hour about like silly stuff like video games and stuff and actually talking about That's D&D. every time even right. even writing like music and stuff when you're sending it to people for the first time <sighs> you can know them like the back of your hand and you're like i'm giving you my soul here yeah. i'm so sorry please don't be mean <laughs> that is so true i don't know the human experience is a whole ass time um mm. hopefully the people listening will be like yeah don't, don't worry about it you're being silly i know my wife is gonna listen mm-hmm. to this and she's like gonna be like you should probably edit that out because it's weird and you're being silly <laughs> But at the same time, I don't know, maybe other folks out there listening to this and feel the same way. But mm. anyways, sorry for the tangent, everybody. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> we are great at tangents. This is, this is all this podcast. Yeah, this, it, re- it really should be called. Yeah, it should be called the D&D Tangent Podcast. At, <laughs> yeah, I was realizing, too, I was like, oh, I want to focus on music. And then there's so many talented artists that are actors and novelists. Mm. And then... A couple folks asking me, hey, can I be on the show? And I'm like, why did I, like, focus on D&B beats? But, <laughs> oh, well. It is what it is. Oh, well. Yeah. There's music and everything. Right? So, um, yeah. okay. So, um, the question is, um, does music influence how you create or play a D&D character, which we've kind of touched on? But is there anything else that, like, you're like, ah, I've been saving this gem for this moment, waiting my whole D&D life for someone to ask me, like, what is it that, that really, like... I mean, like, you know? I'm trying to think. I'm, like, I'm very much, like I said, I very much start with a playlist. Um, mm. But it also, like, comes very much... It's very much the lyrics that influence it. It's not just mm. the music. It's very much the lyrics. Because I'm, like, there's literally songs I've listened to where I've been, like, that makes sense, but not quite. How can I just... How does that... Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to add to that. I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I kind of covered it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we, we touched bases on it a lot earlier on. Um, mm-hmm. I do, like... I don't know. The... the um, How you brought up, like, the, the music, especially, like, in, like, a musical, will influence mm-hmm. how you're going to feel. And it's that magic of, like... I'm I'm sure the the music theory nerds will be like, oh well, you're playing Dorian mode and you're doing <laughs> seventh notes, and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but this violin is making <laughs> me sad. Um, mm. And I think it's it's the cool thing about at least music wise is that like 
the sound of like that violin when the hero is about to make a sacrifice mm. kind of really gets you where you're like, he no, are they going to go do that? And like that violin hits you're like, no, the violin is telling me what's happening <laughs> like before it oh. happens. And so, um, I thought of something by the way. Oh, go for I it. Thought, I thought I had a thought. Um, so I used to listen when I was playing this three year campaign because you forget a lot of details over three years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd always used to listen to my playlist before we start a session. Um, because I found it was the perfect way to be like, who is my character? And I'd be like, listen to these songs. I'd be like, no, this is who they are. I remember them now. And it was like, I know I'd also like plan out moments in advance because I'd be like, this song is. This song would be great for like a few session times. So I'd listen to it in like hopes that I was like, I hope this song can be used. Like I can make this confession or this speech or whatever and have this moment. Um, oh, that's so good. I've, I'm, I'm having that moment right now where I'm like, I heard a song. Okay, this is going to be a couple weeks out. So my, if my, D, <laughs> if my D&D group is listening, haha, I probably already did it. But um, yeah, I had, I had this song. And it's just kind of like a, just a decent, really good folk song. But I'm like, what if this was like the lullaby my character's parent used to sing to them? And they mm. don't remember, but it's like subconsciously in their heart and they hum it thinking they made up this song. And it's not mm. because of the whole backstory and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I do that all the time or um, when those moments arise and you're like, I can just quote this like chorus and it'll sound mm. like this, like, epic moment I just had. Then, I've definitely quoted songs before, yes. but I've been, like, um, what was it? There was, there was a, I was giving, like, this big emotional speech where one of my characters was confessing their love to another one, um, another character. And I, I was, like, trying to explain, like, I was, like, I, I give everything. And there was a lyric that I'd heard called, uh, that said, um, I am the daughter of cups, everything to give, but it's never enough. And I was, like, I'm just going to use that. Just mm. put it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my other favorite thing is when my playlist surprised me. So um, in this three-year campaign, I used a lot of Frozen songs because there is a lot, especially Frozen 2. I'd, I've never seen Frozen 2, but I just, <laughs> I know that there's a big mother-daughter theme, theming throughout it and like sisterly love. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is perfect, this is perfect. Um, and I, little did I know that one of the major things that our DM had retooled, um, like I say, Princess of the Apocalypse, site spoilers, um, Basically, when you go down there into this like big dungeon, the idea is that many of the characters have been called there by like as like a spirit or something, mm. and the players never have to roll anything for that. However, my DM added that back in, being like, "You have to make saves to not be fall prey to this calling." Oh. And my character ended up falling prey to this <gasps> calling and turning evil for a bit. Oh. But um, it like. Because because of Frozen Two has that beautiful melody, so I had that throughout my playlist until I got to this moment where I fell prey to the calling, and the song was a Frozen Two song, and I was like, "Oh wait, it's been throughout my entire story that I've heard this like little motif." Ooh. It was like the most juiciest moment that Ooh. only I will ever understand and hear. And I was just like, "No, that I'm I, no joke." It just gave me like a chill ran down my arms right now because that's so. Did the, and the DM knew this or it was just. It just happened. They'd seen, they'd seen some of my playlists, but I didn't realize because I'd used like Frozen 2 songs at all yeah. the major moments because it was like my character broke away from their old family. They went off to, off to find adventure because their husband had died, killed by a mysterious thing. Um, and all like their greatest moments, they were like, I'm finally like becoming myself. There was just this motif. And then, oh, oh it was so just so good. satisfying. It so good. Satisfying. That is, I see, this is what I love about it. It's like, it's that game, it's that storytelling, but then that music just oh. flavors it so much. And then for it to be, like you said, this motif throughout this whole thing, and then all of a sudden you're like... <gasps> yeah. It was it was the greatest moment. Oh, I'll, I'll send you the playlist afterwards. Yeah, it's definitely. You definitely. can skim read it. That is so, just enjoy it even more. Yeah, that is so awesome. Um, oh, I want to dwell on that way longer than we probably should, but... <laughs> Because that is so good. Um, but the you know opposite side of the coin is um, mm -hmm. how does, especially with, it's probably going to be pretty good. I'm, I'm looking forward to your answers on this one. But <laughs> with that richness of your characters, how has that now influenced the way you compose and make music? Ooh, I mean, 
very much so i think if i look at as even as well like further D, how it's impacted me um the reason i started songs was when i wrote that song uh runaway um i like was like, watching the campaign i was like i really want to release this song like i've seen like i've seen lily i've heard of like autumn orange and stuff and i was like there's all these cool people and i want to i want to i want to do something because i'd like I'd grown up composing in front of a bunch of adults. Uh, like, like I'd always been on like classes with people, and I always had to feel like I had to prove myself to them because I was like, I was the eighteen-year-old in a group of like forty-year-olds. Mm. Um, so I really wanted a place to experiment with my music, which wasn't as publicly linked to the rest of my image. If you get that, mm -hmm. so I was kind of started songs because of that, and I've tried some things that like. I would never have tried, like, in my songwriting if I hadn't done that. Um, so I think songs is very much that. Like, it's very much this place for me to experiment and try new things. Um, so it's very much influenced how I would now write music, because I've taken some of the things I've learned from this and applied it to my normal work, mm -hmm. um, and vice versa. It's just been, it's been wonderful having that little creative space. That's very cool. And as for, like, and as for, like, characters and stuff, like... I talk about this a bit in the the video thing I made, but like all of my characters have very much impacted how I live my life since then because it's when you spend three years in someone else's shoes, you take away lessons that you would never have learned otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, even things like um, I'm writing a Caleb album right now called um, uh, Widdergrass Songs of Regret, Ooh. which is um, very much the seven seven songs for the seven stages of grief that i think caleb goes through um and i've been i've been writing this song for like this for like half a year uh little did i know that i am kind of starting to have to think about dealing with grief and i'm like oh i'm glad i started writing this yeah. because now i'm kind of prepared for this oh yeah yeah so just things like that that's just... that's very <sighs> awesome yeah um I just want to hear you talk more about well, it because I'm just music, like... <laughs> the, the music, I think, the reason Critical Role is so great for mm -hmm. producing music with is because it has that very much musical theatre song structure of you have these deep moments that like you will never experience, but it, through writing those songs, you do experience, if that makes sense. Yep, yep, exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... For me, it's it's really cool watching like you write your songs and then a lot of the other um, bards in the community do it and then tapping into my favorite thing is unfortunately I, I think with my style of music I can't really I can probably do it but I have to figure out how uh, I'm just not really there yet but with everyone else singing um, it's it could be very specific to a character but it's like you said like the seven like it's the emotion that goes along with it so even though it might be like you're singing from Caleb's point of view, it's not necessarily, even though it is a Caleb song, it's not a Caleb song. It's a human it's, song. And it's you're my just, perspective on Caleb's story. Yeah. Like I, It's why I think Christian music is so great, because it's so great to see everyone taking these kind of universal stories and being like, this is my experience of mm -hmm. this. Yeah. This is my reading of it. Yeah, I actually had um, a quick conversation with... Um, a musician last night who hasn't written lyrics in forever i guess or even like sung in probably like a long time and um and he was asking like in like our little group like what do you guys do for like lyrics and stuff like that and i'm like oh well the songs that i've liked that i've written are the ones where there's that emotion that i'm like i super relate to that emotion now let me say that I'm writing, singing it or writing it as this character, even though it's mm. technically me feeling that emotion and kind of like having the like through way through that character, like, and and that, that's the one thing I'm kind of frustrated with. Yeah, and that's the one thing I'm kind of frustrated with, like at least with for my like hip hop thing is like it's so much easier just to do like the recap of the character and make it like cool and flashy, like. Yo, here's some bars about Scanlan, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Scanlan rap, this fun." But at the same time, I'm like, what I really want to do is like, okay, how do we talk about the sad guy that's always trying to make everybody laugh? Because it's mm -hmm. like that, you know, like that moment, that that's big it. moment when he had the like, you know, what's my mother's name? 
And you're like, oh, that's the scam. You could write a really good song about that. Oh, yeah. my God. And so I'm like, oh, I want to do that stuff. But um, it's, it just seems like... I totally... Oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, I totally agree on the whole... I've really struggled to write songs as me. I'm so used to writing songs as other people now and other characters. Um, but the, all those songs are about me at the same time. Yeah, it's, isn't that, like, wild? Like... I do that too. Like if someone's like write a rap song, I'm like uh, hibbity yabbity uh, yo yo yo. And then but then you're like write a write a song about Yasha struggling through something, and I'm like yep, because I know exactly what Yasha went through. Let me write you <laughs> that song real quick. Yeah, it's so so incredible the way. And then like you said, like the the richness of it, like they tackle deep stuff. They go, mm-hmm. they decide they're like, no, we're not gonna just like deal with light stuff. We're gonna talk about you know betrayal and death and regret and all those like really big heavy heavy topics yeah um Um, i'm so glad they don't shy away from it because i think it does make the stories that the rest of us produce off the back of it yeah or like inspired by it even even better for it yeah i remember what was i guess this is a spoiler for like i guess campaign two so it's not up on campaign two but um that one moment where uh, Luke kind of dies off off screen. Yeah. And then um, it was funny because I think I actually went to bed before. And then a lot of people were like, Jake, like, you've got babies. So, you know, go in this with like a little bit of a, a you know, content warning. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay. And then when it happened, it did make me sad. But I, what I think is interesting, at least as a parent, that I think Sam touched on that maybe people that aren't parents missed out on was yes the luke dying off scene or whatever was crazy devastating but it was caduceus bringing him back to life and him and i was just like when caduceus brought him back to life i started like i was like getting ready for work so it's like six in the morning i'm putting on my shoes listening to this as i'm getting ready and full-on weeping because i'm like Mm -hmm. if someone brought my baby back to life like i would be like hanging on caduceus sobbing oh, into his chest because i'm like you brought my baby back and like but full that, on weeping I, 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 <laughs> I my um but like i had that exact thing in D. i lost i had two twin daughters and in like the session four i lost a, a, a character's daughter and oh, no. i just remember and i don't have kids myself i'm far too young but i know i want <laughs> to have kids and i was just like watching like watching that having done that and being like because i didn't get to bring I was too, we were too low level to bring them back uh, to life. Um, it was just, I remember just, I, I think because I'd, st- it was one of the episodes I'd stayed up to watch oh. mistakenly because that's like 3 a.m. Yeah. That it starts. And I was like, I had school the next day and I was like, I need to put this down, but I'm crying <laughs> yeah. and I need to get to sleep, but how can I when this yeah. has just happened? Yeah. I remember I was like, how am I supposed to go to work now? My face is all red, my eyes are all, and I'm like, but oh man, like that moment, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that was the moment of my Caduceus is my favorite now, because of that. <laughs> but like, oh, yeah, I I think that was one of the like first times because I've I've mostly listened to like the first campaign on podcasts, and um, I kind of came in like middle of campaign two, and I was just like, ah, oh, I'll just do the Danny Carr recaps, and so like I didn't get all the emotional, I just got the the information. But I think that was like probably like mm. the first time I like full on like wept. And like emotionally, like ah, like you know, the deep down in your soul cry from like a, something you're watching. I think I think the moment that really broke me in Critical Role campaign two, and this is spoilers right for the end. Um, Caleb's final goodbye to his parents. Oh, I mean, ha- having just like I'd lit- literally finished this album about him being like, I can learn to forgive myself for this. And I just, I, I had a friend who was there who'd like seen three episodes of like the most recent one. I just turned to them and I just like cried sobbing onto them because it was just, it was so emotional. Yeah. It's, uh. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, well, I guess I should have been expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it from Liam, but yeah. No, I wasn't, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting for Caleb's ending, but I wasn't, ex- I, I, I think what, it was when he took out the book of letters. Yeah. That's what it was. I was just yep. like. Oh, like, we finally know what that is. Oh, you've had that the whole time. Yeah. Oh, oh. Like, oh. Yeah. And then when, yeah, and then in between them, and I'm like, uh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lee, yeah. 
Caleb Widow. When it when it eventually comes out, I very much picture um the final song of Caleb's. Oh. The EPM writing happening there. Wow. Which I'll get I am now I'm now committing myself, having now talked about it out <laughs> Yeah, loud, now you I have to do it. Finish it. <laughs> Before the end of the year, I'll, I'll try, I'll try. Yeah. It's all the songs are written, it's just recording it. Recording. Yeah. I that's that's also the other like I think plight of the the musician is like this is cool and i can and then it's like ah sit there and then record nope they don't like that take nope what was my voice doing nope. what was that nope. yeah <laughs> and you're like control z control z control z control z too relatable <laughs> yeah um okay so then my next question for you is um uh this is probably going to be like not on everybody's, probably mostly on musicians, because I am very interested and curious in this question uh, because of uh, comedian actor Donald Glover. Um, do you listen to your own music? Occasionally, yeah. Um, I think it depends. I can never listen to something. If I've just spent like a couple of weeks working on a song, I will not listen to it. But then like a couple months down the line, I'll occasionally listen to it, yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to listen more to songs that other people are singing that I've written, though. Mm. If, like, I have, if it's a musical theatre song and someone else is singing and they're killing it, I'm like, yes, I do want to listen to you kill this song <laughs> again and again and yeah. just hear your beautiful voice. But I don't tend to listen to my own voice on repeat as much. Gotcha. You know what? That that brings me to this next question, because it's only happened to me once, and it was the most amazing feeling I've ever felt in my life. Writing something for someone else to sing... Um. What's that experience like? Because I've had it once, and I'm like, oh, this is why people are singers or you know, songwriters for like you know the big like you know famous people, like you know like you're like oh that person wrote for like Rihanna, and I'm like yeah no I would want to write for Rihanna now that I know what it feels like. Uh, she'd probably never sing any of my songs, but that would be amazing feeling. <laughs> but yeah, could you like you know talk about that? I remember the first, I think it's the first time it happened, I was like 19 or something. Cause it was like, it was, we were in the finals for like a song award or something. Um, and I remember just handing over this song that we'd just written. Like it, it was finished like the, the week of it as oh, well. Wow. And just sitting down and it was a, a drums pianist and four singers. So it was like a big first time doing something like this. Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting there going, oh my God. I love this. This is my favorite feeling in the world. This is, it swiftly has become my favorite moment of the songwriting process. Having got through all like the fun bits of writing the song initially to like the trials of like actually recording it and getting a good version of it. And then the relief of handing it to someone else sitting down and just hearing them go, here you go. It's, it's, this is a finished product that you now have. Um, and I, it never gets old. Even when I've heard a song a billion times sung by a billion different people, I'm just like, no. This is this is this is really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. I can I can only imagine like the feeling you get, especially like being a composer and getting to work with so many people. Because I think yeah, I did it once, and uh, I was like, I'm like I can't really sing, and I'm like, hey, would you like help me and just sing this little hook for me? And then I was like, oh, this feels incredible. <laughs> like, do I have superpowers now? Like, what is this feeling? I love I love collaboration. I think again, it co- probably comes from working on musical theater, where it's the sort of thing where you have a team of ten, like or something like, like that, working on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think more when you can have a good writing process with someone, having more eyes on a song, it pushes you to be better because you're like sharing it with this person. They're like, "Here's a suggestion," and I'm like, "Oh, well, there's a suggestion," and then you just keep building and building on t- each other's work until you get something magical. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad they came up because, yeah, that's happened to me once. And now I'm kind of like, how can I make it happen again? <laughs> like, <laughs> let me send you this terrible like demo of me singing and then you just make it so much cooler. Um, hey, you can always hit me up. I'm oh, always we'll, happy to sing for other people. I will do that then because, yeah, I want to feel <laughs> that euphoria again. Because <laughs> it's such a cool feeling to like write something and then have somebody come in and yeah like just be like a wizard and you're like oh like i thought i was just doing this and you're like no step back i will show you how it's done. Yeah. and they always do they always do something that you're like oh that wasn't intentionally how i wrote it like there might be like a little like a brief like little change that they make and i'm like mm-hmm. but that's gonna stay because you sound great yeah doing it. it's so awesome um 
So bringing up to kind of like our last couple questions, um, this one, I'm excited that it came up and it's now one of my favorite questions to ask. But um, if you could turn your music or your art into a subclass for D&D, oh. what subclass would it be? It can be, if, if it's something that's already out, that's fine. But if you want to like homebrew your own artistic subclass, it doesn't have to be just for Bard. It can be subclass for any, mm-hmm. any of them. Well, fun fact, I've never played a Bard. Um, I've been working my way through all the, the other uh, classes and I put Bard at the bottom of the list because I'm like, it's too obvious a choice. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess I have, I have homebrewed my own class. Ooh. So I guess that... Even though it's not like particularly musical, but because I've put so much love and energy into it mm-hmm. of my my own artistic expression, it's very much. I think that's that has to be my answer, and I'll, I'll eventually release it. It's called Shears. It's like, um, so there's the kind of the concept of like the idea that magic is like a weave or a tapestry, and most magic users kind of pull at the the threads of it. Mm. Um, not damaging the overall tapestry, but there are some magic users out there who have these big scissors who are just are taking like swipes at the tapestry and stealing more than they should and it hurting them back. Kind of inspired. It's a bit inspired by like Bard, Cleric, uh, Bloodhunter, things like that, but with more like embroidery and like like this like cloth making kind of technique and like yeah. it's got a lot of theming around that. Oh, that's it's so really fun. cool. Ooh, I need to it, test it all, but it's it's a really fun ooh, class. I wish I could see all the DMs listening to this right now and just see those like sparks and wheels in their mm-hmm. heads and and like their minds glowing right now because that is such a like a it's, oh that's so good. It's a really good like campaign hook as well because they they make both perfect villains because there are these people out there who are stealing magic More than and damaging to. the reeve and mm. affecting the rest of the world. But there's also people, there are also subclasses of it that are made for people who are wanting to protect the weave. Mm. So it's the perfect, it has the perfect balance of yeah. like, anyone can play it. Ooh, I, I love it so much. This is so good. Oh, I'm so glad my, I... My, wait, I'll tell one feature oh, as well because oh yes, this is my favorite one. There is like, I don't know if it's too overkill yet or if I need to tone it down. Once you reach a high enough level, you can steal spell slots back as well, with like a massive risk to you. But I just, I just, I just had to put it in there because I was like, imagine the moment in the campaign when you're like, well, I'm going to take this massive risk that might affect my character for the rest of the life to steal like a high level spell yeah. slot back. Oh, it's just, it, it's yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. I've hoped everyone has enjoyed the cogs turning. Yeah, because <laughs> how could you not? How could you? Especially because it is like you could you could go really bad guy with this, mm. or yeah you can ooh everybody please it's uh what's your your Twitter at <laughs> songs machina uh, uh, songs machina yeah. yes and, follow me and I'll eventually post it on DM <laughs> yeah or something like that. just just go just like hashtag please 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 <laughs> so that we can get that because I am super yeah that is oh I love I this question is now a thing in my um <laughs> in this whole podcast it's not like related to any of like my song making or anything like that it's just it's just it's cool just though but it, but at the same time like like i said it it is it is you and it is your art so mm. i think that's very cool like if anything you could probably say that. your music is that right composing i'm taking mm. i'm weaving and i'm and then you could use it for evil but you, you use it for good yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, RPG writers and stuff like that don't get enough credit, because they are making art at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, it is uh, it is an artistic technique to sit down and think, how can I make something within a rule, like, a rule set work to make magic? Yeah. It's just... Yeah. How can I give them this thing to then make their own stories and their mm. own flavoring and stuff like that? Yeah, I would imagine that's... That's... I don't know. Yeah, it's just nothing... Nothing but art and having to make the and then nobody's like, mm. oh yeah, I'm playing this game and I think this was broken. <laughs> like, can you give them some like like cut some slack? Like they this is hard. <laughs> like, 
and they're making it's art. It's really hard, like, yeah. and trying to think how things like will intersect. Like, you're never, you're, you're never going to be able to think of all the thoughts when you're homebrewing, being like, well, this really specific ability from this one class, if it overlaps with my ability that I've written, is going to just destroy the game. But you just try not to think about. Yeah, like, you can't think about all of them. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll never get them all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that brings us to the the final question. And um, we, we've already had a, a quick listen to it, but um, mm-hmm. where do you kind of see yourself going with your art and your composing and acting? Um, we've heard the first recording and the origins of <laughs> it, but if we're going off to fight the BBEG and you're going off to have that end of campaign wrap up, like where do you see mm-hmm. yourself going? I think my music is definitely moving in a more vocal orientated direction is the best way to describe it i'm becoming more and more interested in loop pedal work and how you can use your voice like percussion Mm -hmm. or like just as a greater storytelling tool i think it's totally undertapped in music um and there are artists like out there like grace mclean or like these amazing loop pedal artists that i think i'm just i want to tap more into their work um and then i think i'm just in like terms of D &D, i'm just I'm just delving more and more into homebrew and things like that, just enjoying it. Just for, like, having something that's mine, that is, like, yeah. I don't need to share it with the rest of the world. Maybe I will someday, but right now, it's just my own little world that I'm getting to create and enjoy mm-hmm. um, and live in every week. It's pretty great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, actually, I'm just going to add this before we wrap up, because you're, you're DMing. Um is there anything that like you want to share about this this homebrewed world that you're building for your campaign or because I just love stuff um, like that just hearing the stories of like what what is your world and then how do we how do we get a ticket to this place <laughs> because we're all gonna want to go. <laughs> um, so I've been writing this world since I was like fourteen. It started off as like a fantasy book series thing, and then I kind of was like, now nah, let's flood the whole world and like start again. But it still has like some of the elements of it. So I've been writing this world for a really long time and it kind of, I think like the main stories I want to tell with it is I want to put my, because I'm I'm studying on a course about theatre and social change. So it's very much like, I like to bring a bit of my activism into D&D sometimes and be like, okay, so here are these theoretical models we've talked about and like, pra- like in theory, let's see how we can put them in practice. If we can't do that in the real world, let's try a D&D world, see how it works, see how because there's nothing more chaotic than a D&D party oh, yeah. can break something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think my world is very much a place of complete ideals and a place to defeat things that are like that we wish we could overcome like uh... transphobia or homophobia things like that mm-hmm. where it's like I wish there was a simple solution to this but in D&D we can bonk it on the head and send it away yeah oh, that's so that's great. a satisfying conclusion Okay, we're um, all going. So that's Meloria. <laughs> that's my world. Oh, uh, that's awesome. We're all going to Meloria then. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll get the bus together. Everybody else, <laughs> yeah, bring snacks <laughs> and we're going. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been awesome. Um, it makes me want to do. Oh, uh, makes me want to do like a like a what's it called a spinoff podcast where I can just talk about people's mm-hmm. worlds and characters more. Because I'm like, no, I want to talk about that more. But we're supposed to talk about music and art. Boo. <laughs> but, uh, Honestly, I will. I could keep. We could talk for another two hours. We've probably. already been here for like well over an hour. This yeah. is going to be a long podcast. Yeah. But. but yeah, thank you so much just, for being on, on the podcast. And then uh, where can folks find you on the Internet to, to talk more, hear more? Yeah. People can find me at Songs Machina on uh, Twitter, YouTube, places like that um yeah and then i have like my other real world stuff but i'm not quite ready to share that yet with D world i don't i like keeping those two worlds separate gotcha no i totally understand well um and then we're gonna play one of your songs uh as we we head out so everybody maybe it'll be a little sneak peek from (gasps) madagascar's songs of regret to motivate me to finish writing something all right let's do that okay yeah let's do that all right well Well, thank you so much And then we'll see everybody next episode. And then... Yeah, and that's that's where we end the podcast.
Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being Flashback 819 PD A lapse in conscience and judgment that I could not foresee What the spider give us? Our web of false memories made us three accessories In our own familiar murder spree He gave us commands Wash the blood from his hands Another grave to enslave a depraved child to its plans We followed the protocol And so went to Blumenthal One blaze of glory before the mighty fall Rewind, restart to prove I have a heart If there's one thing I've learnt, there's no test I cannot smart Every problem can be solved if wizard's magic is involved To greater powers, I was called so even death can be absolved You can make a deal with the devil, get to 20th level Gotta learn to be careful, cause gotta be special man The option level has gotta be a high level Cause when messing time is a made to matter So pick up every book you can, it's time to make a master plan The hopeless bargain with the gods, but you can learn to flip the odds But with these gifts, I've already failed For the darkness won when the flames prevailed can I trust myself with this greater power when I've seen what my own flames can devour? I flew too close to the sun, melted the wax from my wings, the fiery prodigal sun. I watched the flames unwind all the sanity from my mind, and where I once was blind, I recognized it was behind. Manipulate Ichthon, do you really differ from any other kind of con? You won't last long.